In this presentation, we will discuss the age test as it relates to a qualified child related to the earned income credit. This coming from publication 596. We're on rule 8, rule 8 reading. Your child is a qualified child if your child meets four tests. The relationship age residency joint return. We're considering here the age test. So we're considering this with regard to the earned income credit whether we have a qualifying child whether that is a qualifying child which means we have to meet these four tests and of course we here looking at the test of two the age test so age test your child must be under age 19 at the end of 2018 and younger than you or your spouse or your spouse if filing joint so it's got to be we got to be under the general rule is part one under 19 uh, as of the end of 2018 and younger than you or your spouse two under the age of 24 at the end of 2018 a student and younger than you uh, or your spouse if filing jointly and that would be of course a, an unusual situation where we have a qualifying child that's that is older than us that would be unusual but there could be some unusual family situations so permanently and totally disabled at any time during 2018 regardless of age Let's consider this with our tax software here. We're going to have our test 1040. We have Adam. We have the head of household. We have our one dependent. And we're saying that it does qualify for a qualifying or a, the child tax credit. And we also have down here that we have the earned income credit being calculated. Again, we're not here really determining what this calculation is. We'll talk about that later. But we see the calculation and we see that we also have the schedule EIC related to the qualifying child so this is the form that we need if we have a qualifying child now if we go back over and we say all right well that's clearly under 19 at this point so let's say if we're talking about 2018 minus uh, 19 years so that would be uh, two now of course it's questionable if we would even qualify as a dependent at that case if it if we still qualified as a dependent you could see that the dependent has moved over from the child tax credit to the uh, credit for other dependents so that we're not dealing with a child tax credit but just note that the qualifications between those two may differ but if we scroll down and we're going to say all right the uh, earned income credit is now gone and we no longer have the earned income credit schedule so that's because uh the the it's the age limit there and again we're not talking about a normal uh, whether they would be there as a dependent or not because we're just basically concentrating here on the earned income. So even if they were still qualifying as a dependent for whatever reason, then uh, we're saying that the earned income credit wouldn't be accounted for. So if we go back over and we say, all right, well, let's try uh, the one day later. Let's go 0101 uh, 2000. So now we're going to say, again, we're not going to really talk about the dependence qualifications, but we're just talking about that age limit qualification for the earned income credit. And here we have uh, the earned income credit, these uh, 3,243. So it looks like now we have the schedule EIC coming back. So again, this is just, we're just testing out basically age limits for the earned income credit here. Now, what if we went back and we said, all right, well, what if they are older than that then so let's let's say that they're over 19 so we'll say uh, 1998 let's say and now we got to say well uh, they're not going to have they're not going to qualify us anymore so that schedule is gone and we see the earned income credit is gone because they're older now and and again there would be a question as to whether they're dependents at all but we're really concentrated on the earned income credit 
So now we're going to say, well, what if there's a student? So we're going to say they're a student age uh, 19 to 23. So student, we're going to go back and say, uh, then if we have the qualified student and scroll down, then we see that calculation is back and we got the schedule EIC back as well. Now we'll go back and we'll say, okay, they're well over the uh, 19 or 23 age now. And we're going to go back to our normal just to show uh, that uh, if the, the credit should be gone, so we no longer have this schedule. And uh, even if they qualify as a dependent, which that's not what we're looking at here, we're just considering the age limit related to the earned income credit. Uh, we don't have the earned income credit. What if we go back and we say, all right, uh, what if they were, uh, they're not a student and they're older than 23 at this point, but what if we say that they're disabled? So we're going to say, okay, disabled. Then if we go back over, uh, we'll see that credit comes back, right? So now we've got back on the books as they're a dependent here and they're over 19, over 23. Not a, We're not saying they're a student or anything. We have the earned income being calculated, earned in income credits being calculated by the tax software for that as well. If we go to the schedule EIC, we see here uh, the dependent and then we've got the qualifications was the child under 24 we're going to say no was a child permanently or totally disabled and we're going to say if that's the case then we'll say yes and that's uh the another kind of form of qualification so notice all those kind of qualification requirements of course are why we have the earned income credits uh schedule eic back to the text example child not under age 19 your son turned 19 on december 10th Unless he was permanently and totally disabled or a student, he isn't a qualified child because at the end of the year, he wasn't under 19. So again, it's at the end of the year. So if they turn, if they hit the 19 uh, on December, in this case, then uh, unless some other condition is there, like a student, most likely, hopefully, then, the, um, then it wouldn't qualify. If they're a student, possibly then could. Child not younger than you or your spouse, your 23-year-old brother who is a full-time student and unmarried, lives with you and your spouse. He isn't disabled. Both you and your, and your spouse are 21 years old and you file a joint return. Your brother isn't your qualifying child because he isn't younger than you or your spouse. So this would be an unusual situation, right? We're saying the brother's there at 23 and we're going to report them on our return, which normally would be fine uh, as a qualifying child under 20 you know hitting the age requirement if they're a student uh then we should still be okay because it says there's a full-time student so we should still be okay remember that's one of our uh, requirements down here if we see that they're under the age of 24 right and if but the they're older than both that the child or the one we'd be saying was a qualified child is older than uh the individual's filing the spouse either spouse and therefore that would be an unusual situation that that's what would be disqualifying next example your child uh, child younger than your spouse but not younger than you the facts are the same as example two except that your spouse is 25 years old because your brother is younger than your spouse he is your qualifying child even though he isn't younger than you so note that only one of the two spouses has to be older not both than the qualifying child so the qualifying child could actually be older than one of the spouses and still be good student defined so what is a student then so now we have the student rule <laughs> and that, that could be a lot of different things so what qualifies as a student to qualify as a student your child must be 
during some part of each of the five calendar months during the calendar year. So five, notice that five calendar months during uh, the calendar year, so five out of 12. One, a full-time student at a school that has a regular teaching staff, course of study, and regular student body at the school, or two, a student taking a full-time on-farm training course given by a school described in one, a state, county, or local government. Uh, the five calendar months need not be consecutive, so they don't have to be in a row, basically the five months. They could be uh, five months out of the 12. A full-time student is a student who is enrolled for the number of hours or courses the school considers to be full-time attendance. So you have to actually contact the school to say, hey, how many credits are basically full-time credits during a particular time period? So they have to be full-time during a particular time period, which is defined typically by the school, by the number of credits they're taking during that time period. School defined. What's the definition of a school then to qualify? A school can be an elementary school, junior or senior high school, college, university, or a technical trade or mechanical school. However, on-the-job training courses, correspondence courses, and schools offering courses only through the internet don't count as a school for earned income credit. Vocational high school students, students who work in co-op jobs in private industry as a part of a school's regular course of classroom and practical training are considered full-time students. Permanently and totally disabled. So now we have that on there. What does that mean uh, to be permanently totally disabled for the purposes of the earned income uh, credit? Your child is permanently and totally disabled if both the following apply. One, he or she can't engage in any uh, substantial gainful activity because of physical or mental conduct uh, condition. A doctor determines the condition has, has lasted or can be expected to last continuously for at least a year or can lead to death. Uh, substantial gainful activity. Substantial gainful activity means performing significant duties over a reasonable period of time while working for pay or profit or work generally done for pay or profit full-time work or part-time work done at an employer's convenience in a competitive work situation for at least the minimum wage shows that the child can engage in substantial gainful activity so gainfully like as in kind of gainfully uh, employed i think is the meaning or, or the the gist of that type of term Substantial gainful activity isn't work done to take care of yourself or your home. It isn't unpaid work on hobbies, institutional therapy, or training, school attendance clubs, social programs, and similar activities. However, doing this kind of work may show that the child is able to engage in substantial gainful activity. So in other words, work-related activity or the gainful activity, this is my paraphrasing of it. So the work activity is basically the painful or the gainful activity uh, however, and the hobbies and whatnot are not. However, the fact that there's physical engagement in hobbies and whatnot may indicate that they sh they are able to to engage in gainful activity, work related activity. The fact that the child hasn't worked for some time doesn't by itself prove the child can't engage in uh, substantial gainful activity. In other words, just the lack of not working. It's based on work right here. So obviously, the ability to get income and whatnot. So just the fact that no work has been done doesn't necessarily in and of itself mean that uh, it can't engage, that there, there could be no engagement in substantial gainful activity, work-related activities, how I'm interpreting that. For example, a substantial gainful activity, see publication 524. So if, if this is an area of uh, 
of concern or an area that uh, we want to look into, publication 524, irs.gov.